and welcome to Mornings with Mara. We had an exciting morning here this morning when all of our technology didn't work until two and a half minutes ago. So here we are, um, ready to go, ready to talk about 2022. And um, we'll make sure that, the, of course, this is recorded so you can catch it later. And if you want slides, just send us a note. We're sure to share that with you. Um, if you have chat notes that you want to send in or questions, Matt will be paying attention to that. This is the first time I've done a mornings with Marit where I haven't had somebody with me in a while, so it's a little lonely, um, but hope everyone's doing well and off to a strong start for 2022. So today what we're going to be talking about are goals, um, setting goals, and I'm going to be talking about a broad range of goals today, and hopefully you can take that back um, into your, your life, into your agency, into your team, and so forth. And what we want to do is always talk about balancing that work and that life. So we're going to talk about various types of goals, dreams, whatever you want to call them, and how do you actually apply it. And, you know, when you talk about work-life balance, um, there's all these things that come into play, right, as to what um, you, you have to balance, whether it's business or friends or relationships and so forth. And one of the things... Um, that we actually talk about. And Matt, I just want to check that my screen is showing. Yeah, we can see the work-life okay. balance slide. Okay, good. All right, great. I couldn't see it on my screen, so I just wanted to make sure that that was all right. Sorry about that. Good. So what, when we talk about relationships, um, those are key things. And actually, if you want to go back to one of the first mornings with Marit, which is on our webpage at IIT. Org, I actually did a full-blown presentation on looking at relationships from a strategic perspective, um, planning for long-term growth. So that might be a fun exercise if that's something you want to refresh in thinking about relationships and in your planning process. So today what we're going to do is start with work, and then I'm going to move it into a more personal side of things as far as your own individual goal, what motivates you, and I'm going to blend in here not only some techniques and thoughts, but also some books that you can take back and maybe use um, for yourself individually. Um, they're also great books to do in teams. So if you've got a leadership team that you want them to take on, looking at something, have them read a part at a time, bring it back, talk about it, how can you apply it. It's really a great way to connect with your team, kind of get the year off to a strong start. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the book called Traction, and I've got it right here. And um, it talks about an, an entrepreneur operating system. And I'm going to go through the key components of it today. I'm not going to hit all the pieces. If you want to read the book, it's a great resource. It's a quick read. It gives you some really practical, tactical ways to actually approach business planning and goal setting in your organization. And basically what they talk about in this book is making sure that you don't do everything yourself, right? So building a real leadership team, um, being able to, you know, delegate, simplify, look at systems, make sure that you've got a sound structure, um, integrating into your one system altogether in the way that you handle things. And when we talk about system, it's really process and so forth. And then also being, you know, open-minded and willing to face your vulnerabilities. So, and one of the things that I love about this book is they, they really try and remind you that short sprints are more effective than long-term planning. Certainly you want to have a vision for where you're headed, but if you really want to get things done, what you want to do 
is actually be in a place where you're saying, these 90 days, this is what we're going to accomplish, making sure that they're delegated correctly, and you'll have a much better chance of success. Now, I know a lot of you out there use this tool, so maybe just a good refresher, but it's also got some great resources that I know you might want to grab and go look at and or apply it if you have not. So they talk about this EOS model. Um, you know, I have a program called OpEx where we actually do goal setting and dashboards and all those things. This isn't very different from that. It's just organized with different words, basically. And it's really just a logical, good business planning, good goal setting type of a thing that you work on. So you can see that it's focused on your business. What's your vision? What's the data that you're tracking? What are your processes? Um, tr they call it traction because that's those meetings and they call rocks your quarterly rocks. What are you going to get those done? So I'm going to come back to that in a minute, making sure you're tracking your issues. And of course, we know we need to have the right people in the right seats, which really is job one. Um, all of you guys have probably read Good to Great. It's the you know right seat on the bus um, with the right people. So same conceptual thing there. Um, but they basically talk about creating a vision, right? And when they talk about a vision, and I think that's the important part with, you can do a goal, but it's got to have context. And I'm going to specifically talk about that in a few minutes around your own personal goal planning and so forth. So what they talk about is beginning with your core values so you know what those guiding principles are, you know, three to seven, not a whole lot. Understanding your purpose, that's sort of that hedgehog concept from good to great, like who are we, what are we focused on, and then where do you want to be long term, 10 years from now. Um, it's funny, I saw the other day on 2222, I saw this note that said, have first graders write themselves a letter um, and have them open it on 3333, which is actually going to be their senior year in college. So it's, it's effectively you're doing, what would we be doing 3333? Um, and think big, right? So you almost want those goals to take your breath a little bit away, um, and that actually means that it's probably more meaningful. Um, we also talk about a marketing strategy, and then you drill it down, the three-year picture down to the one-year picture, and then, as I mentioned, those quarterly rocks, and then being real clear about what are the barriers that you have that might prevent you from achieving those goals. So if you haven't done at least portions of this, this may be something that you think about bring back to your management team and say, let's get really clear, but let's be clear about where our short sprints are based on a long-term picture. And I always say to people, you know, sometimes looking forward is hard because it's like, oh, that's so much work we've got to do. So sometimes beginning and looking backwards and seeing how much you've accomplished in the last year, two, three, five, ten years, um, it kind of can be motivating to say, wow, we can actually get a lot done. Um, but if you know that every decision that you're making is getting you closer and closer to your goal, one day you will look around and will have achieved it. So being lock and centered, um, being sure that you know where you're headed, being sure about the logic and principles you're using can really be a most effective tool, whether it's from hiring to um, your book of business to your size, average account size, all of those things can really make a difference. I did carve out this piece because it says humans have a short-term, short attention span and tend to lose focus beyond 90 days. I'm sure we're all guilty of that. So what you want to do is really get in those 90-day bursts. Um, and we know we've set big goals at our organization sometimes, and they, we end up with too many. 
we don't get as much momentum as we'd like. And so what we've found is if you can just take it in these little sprints, you can be much more effective. I will tell you that having a board of directors that meets three times a year, so effectively once every four months, is a really great sprint factor because it's like, okay, we got to get these things done and report back that accountability can really be important for us um, as we take on and figure out what is attainable and what do we have to do to support each other along the way. So with the rocks, what they talk about is just making sure you're clear about that 90-day burst. You know, making sure that it's only three to, you know, three to seven for the whole team um, and making sure that staff isn't over-allocated on what that is. Because as you know, if everything's important, then nothing is, right? So it's making sure that you really do have a good set of focus because we also have all other jobs assigned, right? So there's a lot of noise that happens out there. Um, and then they talk about using quarterly meetings, annual meetings, weekly meetings. So I'm going to run through very quickly for you actual agendas. And as I mentioned earlier, in the book, it's all here. Um, you can also go to, I think if you just Google EOS operate, Entrepreneur Operating System, you can actually get on a website and find some of this information as well. So in the annual meeting, they talk about it being two days. And effectively, day one is this big planning piece. Day two is your quarterly agenda, which I'm going to share with you in just a moment. Um, but you can see off to the left, you're basically going to set the tone, review last year, build the team health, which is making sure you understand that people fit in with your core values, do your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, which helps you prioritize, and then eventually have your vision um, set up, and they actually have a terminology for this, but it's essentially saying, okay, this is what we're going to be doing, both on a three-year and then a new one-year plan. So really, it's it, it, we also say get away from the office. In fact, I probably have maybe five strategic planning meetings that I'm doing with agencies in the next 30 days, and all of them are set up to be like, let's get off property, let's step away from the busyness and the distractions, and really think about where you're headed and clarify. Some of these will be new strategic planning exercises, which sometimes can be a lot more work because you're beginning from scratch. Others are more, hey, this is a health check. You've been doing it annually, so we continue to help them from a standpoint of accountability, um, energy, um, help people brainstorm and so forth. It's always fun to be in those meetings. So, you know, making sure that you're clear about the business achievements, um, you know, setting the expectations of the meeting. I think in one of these things, it reminds us, turn your phones off. <laughs> you know, let's not be distracted. I know there's so many other things to do, but really being aligned with the leadership team is key. So then it's going back and looking at the last quarter. Did we get everything done? And then they have this fun exercise where they actually have you score the leadership team on a plus, plus minus or minus based on whether or not they align with the, the organization's values and so forth. So there's some feedback here that we can provide. I sometimes say don't do feedback without adult supervision because <laughs> that can maybe go awry. So you've got to be pretty healthy as a team to be able to handle that. Um, and then, of course, the SWAT and so forth. So that's the annual meeting first day. Second day then goes into this quarterly agenda, which is then really that rocks meeting that you're having once a quarter. So again, it's making sure we're clear about it. We've already taken care of review the quarter. So now that you know your one-year plan, it's drilling down to what do we really need to do the next quarter? What obstacles do we need to remove to make sure we have the best chance of success? 
who's going to do what, which is really key. I always say you can't have five people on a project. You have always have one person that is ultimately accountable and the rest can be responsible to help or be consulted or be informed, but the buck's got to stop with one person um, and be really clear about that when you're setting those goals as to where the buck stops. So let's say, for instance, you might have a sales team. Potentially, you have a sales manager. Well, that's where the A accountable sits, but they're not going to do it on their own, right? So there's people that are going to be responsible to help out. And if you've never done that before, it's an interesting exercise because the first time sometimes we do it, people go, well, I can't do it all by myself. You're right, you can't, but you've got to be really clear about who's going to support on the goal and what you're going to need from them and how you're going to keep a routine going and managing accountability and so forth. Okay, so it's always about progress, not perfection. It's looking at things and making sure that, hey, are we achieving 80% of what we said and are we following our own process for the meeting so we're sure that we're being meaningful? Because I can assure you, we all have wasteful meetings and that might be something you want to do um, here in the next couple weeks is sit down and actually lay out all your meetings for the year and figure out which ones are actually effective and which ones aren't. Where could you potentially consolidate? How do you be very focused and get in and out? Um, where can you be collaborative in person versus working on you know, virtual meetings? So there's a blend of that. And I will tell you here at IIT, we've kind of made Wednesdays our collaborative meeting days. We ask people to come in that day. Um, we're really about trying to be face-to-face, -face, so we're still building relationships because I know at the end of the day, um, COVID has sometimes affected some of those relationships. When we get on a virtual meeting like this, we can be terribly effective, um, but not potentially warm. So competent, not warmth, as Vanessa Van Edwards would say. And so you want to combine that with the team and make sure that you've got some good conversations going. What we've also found during COVID, which I'm not telling you probably anything you don't know, is that sometimes when you're not in person, it takes longer to identify issues and where there's challenges. So just getting people around each other visiting can actually expose stuff like, oh, I'm dealing with that problem too. I didn't know you had that. Um, that walk by and those water cooler conversations can make quite a bit different of a difference. And then they have this, you know, 60 minute meeting that's weekly and it's very focused. It, it actually drills down in here specifically what you're doing. So one is, you know, setting the tone. So share what's good. So what's the good news today? What's the highlight of the last week? Um, something that gets people in the right mood. And as they say, turn off all electronic devices. I think that's key. Um, and then go into scorecards. So, in the book, they talk about you can measure anything. I mean, a receptionist might be their number is answer the phone before the third ring. But there's always metrics that tell us whether we're getting better or worse. And we need to make sure we know what those metrics are for everybody on the team. As you guys have always heard me talk about it, I think of, of our team members as professional athletes. Well, professional athletes know exactly what their data is and their metrics, and are they getting better or worse and what they need to do to improve. So it can be fun. It could be, you know, how many smiles <laughs> um, that you might generate in a day. I don't know what it is, but let's try and think about that. And then it's saying, let's go back and look at the quarter. How are we doing? Um, talk about what's good and bad, both for customers and employees. And then what's the to-do list? Who's going to do what? And, you know, I always say when you wrap up these meetings, make sure you recap the, the list. Um, I was even in a meeting a couple weeks ago, and, 
you could hear all the topics bouncing all over. And at the very end, I paused and said, okay, let's be clear about who's doing what. And it just creates closure, clarity. There isn't assumptions about who's on deck to do what pieces. We thought it was important. Someone said they would. Nobody, everybody said they'd help. Nobody really was responsible. You get back one more week later and you haven't accomplished it. So um, those to-do items are super important from a standpoint of creating traction, again, the name of the book, and how key that is. So a couple books for you, maybe to kick off your year. Another one that I love and also has some really great meeting agendas and routines for meetings. I don't know. I might like it the advantage more than traction. I'm not sure. Um, I love Patrick Lencioni. If any of you have been on these calls before, you've heard me reference him. This is a great read. Most of his books have a storyline behind it. Um, it's like starts with sort of a fable, then it goes into the model. This is actually a book book, um, and it has four parts to it, and it's very clear about what you need to do from a standpoint of communication, over-communication, clarity of systems, and really it talks about what that routine is that you can use. So that's a great book. Um, it's a little thinner, so maybe a little less work than traction might be. Um, but that's a fun one to read, and it, of course it reinforces the importance of culture. Um, traction does some of culture, but I think Advantage spends a little bit more time, and you can see the subline is um, clearly why organizational health trumps everything else in business. Get the team right, the culture right, a lot of it just falls into place. Um, many of you have heard me talk about Atomic Habits, and remember t Atomic Habits is about being better 1% every day incrementally, and eventually it the goals get achieved. So it, it helps you, as it says, an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. And who doesn't want to do that the first of the year? So you might get a redo if you started the first of the year with your goals and so forth, and you've already, you know, waned. <laughs> we'll get you back on track. Um, I will tell you this book on the right, The Dichotomy of Leadership, was one of my favorite books last year. And it is a great read. It, um, I think Jocko Willink is a um, past Navy SEAL. Every part of the book starts with an actual combat situation or something physical that you can actually visually see, and then he translates it into business. And um, there, as anything, if you're paying attention when you read these books, something will get to the heart of it and say, oh, I need to do more of that. Oh, I could do that better. So hopefully one of these books or all three will be ones you grab this year and add to your list. Um, I also highly recommend, um, as I mentioned, we all love Patrick Lincioni, but he does have a website called thetablegroup.com, and you can actually go in, and, and he has blogs, but what I love are his podcasts. Um, so maybe if you put that into your you know, schedule once a week, if you were at Joe Vincent a week or two ago, um, Steve Harville reminds us if you don't plan for it, you probably won't do it. Even if you block 30 minutes a week that you're like, that's when I'm going to hit a podcast to get better, smarter, read, whatever it is, you'll actually have a better chance of it working out. So I love his podcasts. They're fun. They're easy to listen to. And you always walk away with something that you can incorporate into your day to day. So let's talk about life. So now we've talked about work, some ideas on how to set goals, work with teams, and so forth. But what about your personal life? And I'm going to share a story in a minute about what we're doing at IIT to stay focused on personal lives and helping each other get better. 
But before I get into that, I will comment on this book called The Dream Manager, which is a, it's an awesome book. It's a quick read. Um, it actually is very much like a Patrick Lynchoni book where there's a, a good story at the front and then an actual model that you can use afterwards. Um, but this book really talks about the fact that an organization can only become the best version of itself to the extent that the employee is the best version of themselves and how important it is for us to take time in, in learning about our employees' dreams, helping them achieve them, and being part of the context so that we all get better, stronger, and so forth. And they talk about dreams are the currency of the future. Um, in this book, I'm not going to get into the whole storyline, but one of the managers, as they're doing this exercise of dreaming, says, oh my gosh, you know, if I don't have a dream, it's, I'm kind of, you know, stuck in a rut and I'm not excited about stuff, but if I have something out there that I can't wait for, it makes the days go by faster. It's something I can plan for. It's something that we as employees can share with each other what are common. And so dreams are important. And they, I think they reference in here in a minute just the fact that it's almost like electricity. You can't see it, but it's it's terribly effective. And so also getting really good at dreaming without limits, right? So important to let people expand, think big, think long-term, um, and then allow them to actually, you know, have that space and time to do it. So it's a reminder to ourselves that we have to be the best version of ourselves first in order to support other people who are achieving their goals as well or their dreams. And in the book, they actually have like very specific examples of all of these categories. You might have dreams that are about your you know, physical health and so forth or your emotional state of mind. You know, maybe you're dealing with anxiety. We know anxiety is a big issue out there right now. In fact, um, amazing how many people out there are talking about self-care. Um, one of our uh, advisory council members the other day was talking about how with his staff this year, they're really encouraging them to use their medical care for mental health support, um, giving, paying their co-pays even for therapy so that they just are focused on mental health and getting better. Um, intellectual, you know, if you want to get smarter, get a designation. Spiritual, you might actually want to get more involved in, you know, church or community, whatever that looks like. Um, psychological, material, sure, we have some material things that we might have goals for. I want to have a house by the lake. Never have that in Austin <laughs> at the prices those are, but that's a good fantasy, maybe. Um, and then we've got professional dreams, financial dreams, creative dreams. And, you know, one of the things I've thought about is, you know, when I grew up, I played piano. I loved it. I'd love to have a piano and get back into doing that. Um, my husband might not appreciate it so much, but Sounds fun. Um, I remember it being very relaxing thing that I could do when I was a kid. Um, how about adventure? I just had one of our employees go to Paris. Fun. Um, so that's a good little thing to be able to get to think about. Your legacy and then, of course, character. Those are all things we could be thinking about. And in this book, they actually encourage you to create a dream book and actually sit down and list out 100 dreams, which sounds like a lot. Um, could take some time. But in the book, they also talk about get your employees to do it, create it as part of your process, make it part of your conversation regularly. So again, dreams are invisible but powerful. They keep everything going. I was reminded of that last week when it was freezing to death here in Austin, and we lost power for 18 hours. It was a very cold night. <laughs> um, nothing was going, and so it makes a big difference when dreams aren't there, when electricity isn't there, and imagine all the things that we couldn't get done 
without them. So it is a reminder to us that one, we all need a dream manager. And you think about who are your dream managers when you were a kid, a coach, a, a leader in the church, a teacher, um, our parents, our grandparents, we've all had them and we may still have them. Um, but we also have to remember that we all are dream managers as well. And who around you are you supporting and inspiring and encouraging to dream? And, and I do think that one of the downsides of COVID has been that people have stopped thinking about dreams. You know, it's like we're trying to get through it, the anxiety, what's happening next. But what if we could just spend some time and space thinking about those wonderful things we want to do and start working towards them again and feel like, oh, gee, I have something that I really am excited about in my life that I know that every day I'm working towards it just a little bit more. So here's a quick thing. If you want to take a picture of this slide, you can. Those are all the different types of goals, dreams that you might be thinking about as you kick off 2022. So I will also tell you that you might be thinking about really long-term versus short-term, no different than what we just talked about for business. You probably want to have it from a personal standpoint as well. Get your family involved, get your employees involved, and get people thinking outside the box. So I will share this with you. Um, this was actually an exercise that I had our employees do. I sat through a presentation um, by Donald Miller at the early January on goal setting. And so I'm going to walk you through this chart. We can share it with you guys um, if you want it. We can send it out afterwards or put it up on the Mornings with Mara page. Um, I think we've also got an editable version as well. And what he talks about, of course, is if you know Donald Miller at all, is always there's got to be a story behind things. So you can see right there in the middle, it's saying, well, why does this goal matter to you, right? So... We actually, at our staff, um, in January, I handed this out and I walked through this goal sheet like I'm going to do with you here for a second. And then we asked everybody to spend some time this month um, really thinking about one goal, one thing that would actually make them a better person in the next year. And I said, I don't want it to, be, it can be professional, but I really want it to be personal. I want it to be something that you are excited about that's going to make you happier um, individually. And so what, what we did was we actually had everybody get back together last week. Um, we put them in teams of three to share them with each other and then came back as a, as a team and kind of shared, oh, well, what was that? And there were a lot of common themes, not surprising. There's a bunch of us like, I got to lose some weight. <laughs> I got to get healthy. Um, I need to take care of myself and my mental health. Um, all sorts of things. My favorite one was I have an employee who said he wants to be able to touch his toes by the end of the year. Well, in that comes, you know, loss of weight and exercise and all of those, but that was a fun one. Um, but the key thing is to know why your goal matters. Why is it important to you in the first place? And if anybody does Noom, you know that's all about it, right? Like, what's the vision that you have? It's not about the activity. It's about what the picture is at the end. What's the narrative traction you need? to actually take care of and take on that goal. And then of course, deadlines are key, we know that. Um, and then assigning goal partners. And this is interesting, this is not designed to be an accountability partner, which is somebody that would check in on you and see how you're doing. It's actually finding people with the same common goals that you can do together on it. And I think in, um, when he was talking, he even talked about like, maybe I was gonna lose 50 pounds, I'm getting to that last 10, who can I find that just wants to lose 10 pounds? And we partner together 
and, and have an alignment on that as well. And I know that for many of us at IIT, we actually have set up now follow-up meetings with the subgroups, like, okay, let's check in on each other and see how we're doing, which is awesome as well. Um, you also might want to take it down in bite size. We just talked about a minute ago, 90 days. <laughs> that's, that's probably as long as you want to go with a milestone. So what are the key factors that are going to help you check the box and celebrate a little bit along the way? Um, because those big goals can take some time. So you want to be able to um, play with it a little bit. Um, and then what are you going to have to sacrifice? So, you know, are you going to have to sacrifice time, um, focus, pain, <laughs> not eating your favorite, you know, enchiladas for a while, whatever that is, but what are going to be the daily sacrifices to get through that? And then the fun part that I love, I never thought about this before, was actually giving yourself a score for every time you forego what it is that your sacrifice is. So if you say, I'm not going to have, you know, um, enchiladas, every time you pass up on enchiladas, you get to give yourself a point or whatever that is. So instead of checking it off on behavior that's positive, you're actually giving yourself credit and points every time you say no. That helps you get closer and closer, so you're, you kind of gamify the process. So I would highly recommend you do that activity. I will tell you, I think our, our entire team loved it. It was a great way to connect with everybody. It was a great way to just say, hey, focus on yourself too. That's all right, and let's make sure that we are all better and healthier, whatever that looks like. Um, throughout the year 2022. So challenge sent out there for you guys to take a little bit of time and not overdo it, but hey, what can we do to learn about ourselves, our employees, and so forth as we go? And it reminds us in the book, you know, you can ignore people's dreams, but you will pay an enormous price. We want to be part of that. That's what makes things joyful. Um, dreams drive us. It becomes part of who we are. It creates vitality, enthusiasm. People start to ask how things are going, how's that plan for this going, you know, working towards buying a home or on a trip, whatever that might be. Um, it's amazing how it can be a connection tool. And I know right now, more than anything, people need to be connected, especially with us working remotely a lot or more often than we did. Culture, teamwork, this is a great way to connect people in a way that you might not have before. So, um, Three books that I might recommend. We just talked about The Dream Manager. This one just came out, A Hero on a Mission by Donald Miller. I've not read it yet, um, but I plan to hear probably in the next quarter, A Path to a Meaningful Life. And he's got a website on that as well. So there's some tools you can actually go online, create your own goal stuff. So I want to make sure I give him credit for what I um, saw in his presentation. And then another favorite of Patrick Lencioni, which is The Motive, um, Why So Many Leaders abdicate their most important responsibilities. So good reads for a personal outlook on yourself, your team, how do you become healthier, and so forth. So I, I say that as we talk about goal setting, that it's about being clear about stuff, but then also having a plan, action, accountability, whether it's business or personal life. Now, some of you have seen these slides before, and, and of course, they'll be available to you, but I, but I do want to remind you that on a scale of one to five, you actually won't take action unless you're at at least a level three of motivation. So what does that look like? So level one is simply, I value it. I think it's important. I see that there's purpose to it, right? Level two is, I might even have an attitude about it, but you actually won't take action unless you have conviction about something. 
So when you're setting a goal, be thinking about, hey, do I think it's important? Do I think it's a great thing? Or is it something that I really have grit about that I'm starting to maybe even feel passionate about? Or when you think, wow, what would a level five be? It's, it's actually for the greater good we have to do it, okay? So just be thinking about, be honest with yourself when you're setting personal and professional goals. Where do you really stand on that motivation factor to take action, okay? So then it's not only about being motivated, but it's also having the skill to do whatever that is. So level one is simply, I can regurgitate it back and forth. You know, I consider it like my son's seventh grade math test. He crashed course one night and then the next day he passes, but a week later we got nothing. So that's level one. Level two is I can actually analyze it and say, you know what, I can, I can see what this, the desired state versus the current state is, and I can tell you what the difference is. But level three really is I can evaluate it and recommend what to do next. Okay, so I always say to people, if I ask you for, you know, your opinion, I don't need an analysis, I need your recommendation. And that takes a certain level of skill to do that, okay? Level four is I can actually persuade you, and level five is I have vision, okay? So we want to make sure that you've got the skill set for that goal that's at least at a level three, okay? So the next thing we talk about is actually taking action, and these are key words, and they're important to pay attention to for yourself, um, for your employees, for your family members, okay? When people say, I intend to do something, you're at a level one, you probably won't see it happen. Okay, level two is I will attempt or I will try to do it, um, which still is pretty meager. And, and you want to pay attention to those cues. Um, level three is I commit. I commit to actually doing it. And, and I've heard people tr pull, try and pull off the I commit to try. <laughs> that still drops you back to level two. So just be fair. Um, level four is I have purpose. And level five is I'm on a mission to get this done, right? So when you look at that, I really every time I finish setting goals for myself, I sit down, especially in the business side of things, and say, hey, am I at least at a level three minimum across the board here? Because if anything drops, you kind of drop to the lowest common denominator. Um, and, and there have been times where we have goals and I'm like, gee, if I'm being honest with myself, I might be a level one motivation. I know it's important, but I might even have an attitude about it. That'd be a great thing to do that it hasn't sunk in on conviction. So then the question becomes, how do I rig that? How do I get conviction? Or is it really that important? Um, or what skill sets do I need to learn in order to support the team for that goal as well? So I literally will do this. I will take this chart and I will lay across the goals and, and be honest with myself and say, where do I fall when it comes to this? Because it is really the outcome of whether I'm actually going to try to do it, commit to do it, or be on a mission to get that done. So as a team, what does that look like? Um, and you think about any kind of team, a sports team, a team at the office. A level one team just respects what we do. A level two one has ambition, but a level three actually has courage. Um, and that means that when things get hard, you stay the course, right? So it's, it's really thinking through how is this team behaving as a leadership team, um, as a, a baseball team as a you know skiing team whatever that looks like with the olympics going on right now level four is we'll persevere when it really gets tough and level five is we have wisdom 
And so what does that mean for us as leaders? And being honest with yourself when there's goals that the organization's working towards. As a leader, are you just interested or are you saying, I'll get involved, let me know. That's sort of that passive. Level three is I'm engaged, right? And what we hope is you're at least at a level three. Level four is I'm actually going to be out there cheerleading for it. That's how much it's important to me. And I'm in a convincing mode. And level five is hopefully you're inspiring others to come along with you on that ride. So I just share those thoughts with you and ideas so that you can be honest with yourself as you're doing anything. If that motivation level and the skill set level isn't there to do it, you're going to have to figure out what's What's criteria? What's the stuff you're going to commit to this year versus the stuff you're going to try to do and prioritize it correctly and don't overcommit yourself so you feel good about the wins that you have. So on that note, I'm just going to wrap up here with a couple things. Um, we actually are doing an OPEX program about employees this year. It's a, a, it's a lighter version than others. If you're interested, um, send us a note or put a note in the chat or send me an email. You can go to the website and fill out a form. It's going to focus on helping our employees actually create great cultures this year. How do you reinforce um, you know, remote policies? How do we focus on wellness? What does compensation look like in agencies? What does um, reward systems look like. We'll be definitely using Colby and reinforcing those tools. So um, it'll be a, a real core program for the year. There will be three retreats. Um, we're excited about that program, but it is going to be the, in the lens of focusing on employees um, and making sure that you've got the strongest team possible that's really connected through what is now sort of the next normal of things. Okay, so next next month we're going to have Salt with us. They're going to talk about um, using InsureTech to reach, sell, and service the millennial. That'll be at Mornings with Mara at March 10th. So if you signed up for today, I think from now on it's actually on your calendar, um, the second Thursday of the month at 10, if I get that right. So hopefully you'll remember to come back in and check us out, or it'll trigger you to go back and check out other Mornings with Mara so that you might want to go back and reference. They're all available and recorded on our website. Um, we also have uh, Lunch and Learn. So uh, Kim Hudson and Angela Ford are doing a monthly Lunch and Learn. Um, it's the third Tuesday of the month, I think. Um, it's always consistent, but it's a lunch hour and it's really focused for agency managers. So this one, they're gonna talk about reports and the stories they tell. And um, as a reminder, of course, in supporting the organization and making sure that we have good legislation out there, um, I hope you'll support Impact as well. So with that being said, we went through a lot. Thank you for being here. I hope you have a great February and you get 2022 off to a strong start. And if you need anything at all, just let us know. Have a great day.